This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. All right. There was a really bad echo, so I just turned the other thing off. So、oh, gotcha. hopefully we can save this from here. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so, well, Judy, I'm so excited. Happy that you could join me today. It's so exciting because I never get to talk to anyone. The only person I know who does carnivore is my sister. <laughs> so we really don't get to talk much to other people about it. I mean, and her husband, but you don't, you'll get an earful from him. But、um, if you want to talk to other girls who do carnivore, it's not that common. So.、Yeah. Excited to have you with me today. And、um, so tell us your story. Like, why did you get started with carnivore? And, you know, how did you hear about it and everything? Sure. So, hey guys, I'm Judy from Nutrition with Judy.、Um, and、uh, this is actually my very first live on Instagram. And I'm super excited to be doing it with Grassfed Girl. So, a little bit about myself I've been、uh, doing carnivore for about nine months now. And Uh, prior to that, I was doing keto for about a year.、Um, and my kids still eat keto though, but、um, so I've been doing carnivore for nine months.、Um, and then prior to that, I was eating a very low fat、uh, vegetarian diet with some fish for 12 years. And、um, wow. yes, I was, yeah, so yes, I was thin, but I was suffering with、uh, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression that whole time. Um, and then what happened was、uh, when I had my first child,、um, I was diagnosed with severe postpartum depression and I was forced to stop nursing because、um, of the medication I had to take. And I really believe that so much of why that happened to me was because of the low fat vegetarian diet I was eating.、Um, and I think, you know,、um, on so, top. So let me get it straight. So you. So, you took a medication and they told you to stop nursing or it, st- or it reduced、yeah. your flow? Or your- yeah, your- so what happened? No, no. So, it was the medication. So,、um, I had to take more than just antidepressants. They put me, I think, on like antipsychotics for a little bit. I know it was bad. So,、um, and you should not be taking that while you're、um, resting. Okay. Yeah. So,、um, and 
that's probably why I'm still nursing my almost three-year-old because it's kind of like that chip on my shoulder. You want to um, make up for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, and that's part of the reason why my journey with um, nutrition started. But, um, and so, yeah, I stopped nursing and then I just realized like maybe something's off. And then on top of that, there were years where I was um, using a lot of disordered eating to um, kind of stay thin. So like there was days I'd eat like 800 calories and then I'd fill my stomach with like hot tea or like loads of diet soda. Like I was drinking like, I don't know, sometimes I drink like two two liter bottles of diet soda to hold me over. And then there were days when I... Just to feel something like full. Yeah, to feel the stomach stretch. Um, and then there were other days, like, I would just end up binging off so much food. Like, anything in sight was what I'd eat. And then I'd end up, um, like, finding ways to take care of it. So I'd go to the gym and, like, be on the elliptical for two, three hours. Or yeah. I'd um, take, yeah, take uh, laxatives like they were candy. I mean, I was oh. definitely not in a good space um but um and so keto for me um it worked a little bit but i think it's the 20 gram allotment of uh carbohydrates that that little bit of sugar that still held me to my old habits so like if i was super stressed or super tired i'd end up going back to my old habits so like one one serving of nuts would become two and three and then I'd end up eating the whole container and the jar of peanut butter is the best <laughs> yeah um and so there was just something about um I think that a little bit of carbs that you're allowed to eat that just never let my sweet cravings go away um and so then on carnivore now I mean I I seriously don't crave sugar and I don't eat carbs um I don't crave it um nine months in um and you know, like my husband, he used to go to farmer's markets and he would bring me back uh, bread because that's what he knew that I liked. And I mean, now he brings me back heart-shaped steaks, but uh, <laughs> hi, Kevin. But anyways, um, yeah, so now um, when I'm hungry, like I, I eat a nice juicy steak and it hits the spot every time, like every time. Um, I think we're all taught to be moderators. And I mean, guys, you guys can uh, see my post um, on Instagram, but um, for me, like moderation doesn't work. Um, I've been through dietitians and they'd always say, no, you need to have moderation of carbohydrates and you should be able to eat sugar and this and that. And for me, it just doesn't work. 99% abstinence for me is so difficult. Like that one little bit of sugar, like triggers something in my brain. It's like, eat more, eat more, you know, but hundred percent super easy. And I think it's because, you know, it takes the guesswork out of eating it takes the willpower, all of the decision-making um, in terms of what you have to eat and what kinds of foods, it's all out. And it makes eating just so easy. Um, yeah, so that's sort of my story. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, it's similar to mine, except mine's, like, longer on the <laughs> Mine's longer on the keto side, but... Sure. But still with all the crazy eating before and... And so I was only vegetarian for like a year, but then I got, then I got Hashimoto's right away because I was eating soy like three times a day. I think that was the thing that did it for me, but, um, and now, but I was like the gym rat too, like, because I used to be a personal trainer. So I was constantly trying to be thin enough to like, look like a personal trainer, you know, and then, um, 
But then when I got Hashimoto's, I was like bedridden. So I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> was, um, but so very, a lot of similarities there. And, um, and the same thing with keto, I found like, I mean, I love the, the, the keto principles. I think it's much, much better, you know, than anything else, you know, that I had done before that. But the same kind of thing, like one square of dark chocolate would turn yeah. into a whole bar and, you know, one half a cup of Brussels sprouts would turn into a sheet pan, you know, or I mean, any kind of thing that I could make seem yummy, I would, you know, eat yeah. a ton of it, you know, um, and the same thing with the peanut butter or the nut butter or, you know, any kind of treat, I couldn't just make it, I would have to eat the whole um, pan full, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a study done, I can't quote what the study name is, but I'm sure people could find it. Um, it's about rats. So like there's rats that were really hooked on um, like I think cocaine or um, I don't know what drug it was. But then when they were given a little bit of sugar, they would opt for the sugar over drugs. So I mean, there's just a highly addictive, uh, you know, just stuff happens in your brain when you have that little bit of sugar and it triggers you. And so I think it's normal that, you know, people want sugar. And so I think that's why we do those things. It's not because we don't have willpower. It's not because we're not strong enough. I mean, it's just eventually people will break. Well, and, and, so I and also, I mean, I think combined with, you know, uh, nutrition, nutritional deficiencies and neurotransmitter problems, yeah. you know, then you're, it's like a perfect storm of, yeah. Um, so you're trying to feed something, but you don't know what it is. You just think you're a weak person, and but really you're just crying out for nutrition. Yes, um, agree. So how did you get started with the NTA and all that? Um, so I think uh, once I started keto, I started getting super fascinated about how everything works, uh, you know, like GMO and all that. And so um, I started looking into schooling and I was like, you know, I want to help people. Um, I helped my parents. Uh, my mom reversed her type two diabetes. My dad's like, and we could talk about this more later, but you know, he got his gallbladder removed and he was eating low fat. He was asked to take statins. And um, the more I started researching, listening to all the lead people in keto and the high fat diets, I was like, how does everything work? And um, and then I fell into NTA and, um, I, you know, the more I researched it, I was like, I think I want to do this. I want to like learn and then be able to also give, you know, science backed evidence of why this diet and this way of living is the right thing and not just, um, based on, you know, epi after my time. Yeah, all those studies that are just based off, uh, questionnaires basically. Oh yeah. 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 The, um. Epidemiology. Yeah. Epidemiological. I know it, but I can't see it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like to remember what you ate, you know, in the last right. few years. Like, oh, yeah, well, I ate two Big Macs, but I also smoked a pack of cigarettes and, you know, yeah. that kind exactly. of study. Um, so what, but the thing is, I mean, I went to nutrition school too, and it's pretty, pretty similar to NTA in Berkeley at the Bauman College, and it is definitely not carnivore. <laughs> so, oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Is it hard for you to, I mean, put together what you're learning? And because um, I mean, even in holistic nutrition school, I mean, more veggies is always better, right? Yes. And I mean, yeah. So, how do you put those two together in your brain? 
Sure. So, um, you know, my lead teacher is one of the senior lead teachers at NTA. She's awesome. And, um, you know, NTA practices, it's all about bioindividuality. So while they may recommend that people eat fruits and vegetables, they are all about, you know, what's your ancestral diet, where's your, um, your genes and all that. And so I've talked to her, um, she knows that I eat a carnivore diet. And while she thinks it may be beneficial for me to eat vegetables, she said, you know what, at the end of the day, if it works for you, then it works for you. And um, they're very, very supportive. Um, and so for me, it's, uh, you know, when, when they kind of talk about fruits and vegetables, and they talk about the benefits of it, I kind of like just gloss over it. But um, in general, it's, um, they've been very supportive. Um, you know, the their principles are very, I, I think they're more focused on high fat, low carb. And so it's, worked out. Um, I don't feel, you know, maybe I don't, you know, tell everybody I eat only meat, but in general, I think they're very supportive of it. You pick your, you pick your battles or your, your audience. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I know. So one of that was kind of leads to one of our questions. Sure. We have a lot of questions from our, uh, readers and followers. Um, it was one about the kind of like the hormone balance and, you know, there's this idea, especially in AIP kind of that, that you need all these, um, that you need all these veggies sure. to detox your hormones and the, you need all this cruciferous to detox your estrogen and that kind of stuff. What do you think about that? Yeah. So um, I actually asked my um, instructor about this because I was like oh no like am I messing up my adrenals or my hormones by like not eating any carbs and so um, you know here are some of the facts and then you guys can kind of deal with it but so insulin is involved in uh, thyroid hormone conversion so for somebody with um, hypothyroidism so if you don't have enough in insulin you may not be able to convert inactive thyroid hormone to um, active thyroid so active thyroid hormone, so your T4 may not um, 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 convert to T3, which can basically cause your metabolic rate to slow down. And this is because metabolic rate is stimulated by the thyroid hormone. So basically low insulin may cause low T3, which can lead to low uh, loss of energy and the hypothyroid symptoms. But does that mean that you should just eat carbs? Um, not necessarily. Uh, for instance, if you are insulin resistant and you're eating a standard diet, um, a standard American diet, you'll also have thyroid hormone um, dysfunction. Um, blood sugar dysfunction will negatively impact your um, hormone function. And so also the debate of what the normal ranges are for thyroid uh, for T3 and T4 is based on your standard American diet. Personally, for me, uh, my T3s have lessened ever since being on a low-carb diet, but is my energy low? No. I mean, I am able to fast. I'm able to take care of kids, go to school, study at night. I mean, I'm able to do a lot of stuff, and I don't, while my T3 technically, yes, has lowered, I don't feel that low of energy. And so it really comes into play is maybe we don't need that much T3 if you're not eating a lot of carbs. Um, so I, the point I really want to drive with this is, yes, if you eat a very low carb or no carb diet, your T3 may be low, but your, um, if you eat a lot of carbs, you may have thyroid dysfunction anyway. So mm -hmm. I think it goes back to bioindividuality. Um, I would say try the carnivore diet, do it as an elimination, see how you feel, wait a few months. Don't just be like, oh, see like a week or two, I have low energy. 
yeah, it's my hormones because part of it might just be that you're going through the adaptation period. Um, I would maybe wait a month or two. And then if you really don't have energy, then I would try to um, incorporate like a sweet potato, see how you feel maybe for three days and then, um, and then maybe incorporate avocados. Um, but I think I most people who are going to start carnivore have probably already done that, you know, in a lot of ways. They've probably already, I mean, I know most people don't go straight to carnivore. They go to paleo, then they go to keto, and then, um, or, you know, some variation sure. of diet or something like that. And then it's kind of like a last resort. So, I mean, most people have probably, <clears throat> I know, I mean, I can't eat one sweet potato or half a sweet potato or any of this carving up stuff is too much for me you know it's like okay. one half a half a sweep i mean no it, it is a good suggestion but i feel like a lot of people may already know how they felt eating a lot of, a little bit of carbs you know so um and i mean yeah do try it i mean that's all this is is always feeling it out for yourself and you know we have to take responsibility and do it ourselves our doctors are not going to be there to you know um they're just about symptoms and we're about yep. prevention and finding what's right for you so i mean and and just don't be afraid like you just have to try it you're not gonna i mean i would be more afraid to try a vegan or vegetarian diet than i would be to try carnivore you know because at least you're getting like nutrient-dense foods every day you're not just getting uh, you know, soy that's going to ruin your, your thyroid or eating just carbs all day. Um, that's going to make you crazy. So, yeah, I always say the baseline is, hey, you know, worst case, I carnivore, you hated it, you ate a little bit too much meat, and then, you know, and then just go back to how you felt before. But I mean, obviously, there was something you felt that you wanted to change your diet. So I always say, give it a try. Worst case, you could go back to how you felt, eat what you used to eat. What's the what's the minimum time you think people should give it? Hey guys, just to let you know, my Carnivore Cure book is back in stock. For nine months, it was out of print and used prices were up to $300. Make sure to get your copy today that has over 200 colored tables and graphics and over 400 pages of meaty goodness. We have a limited supply, so get your copy today on Amazon.com. And if you can leave a review, I'd be super grateful. Um, I honestly think minimum is 30, but I would say a little bit more than that. So I don't know, like two months. Um, and I mean, really like no cheating, no like just eating cheese and that's your, you know, your food for the day. I think it should be like a well-balanced um, carnivore diet. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it took me two weeks just to feel okay. And that was coming from keto. Like, I felt pretty bad at the beginning. And whenever yeah. I did keto, I never felt bad. I never got yeah. this because I was already kind of low carb anyway. And so I never got the keto flu. But when I did carnivore, oh boy, I did. <laughs> yeah, they say that um, when you go to almost zero carbs that you can actually go through like another carnivore flu because you, your um, your kidneys may have been holding even some water that now carnivore won't. So you may feel even like a little bit more electrolyte deficiency. So you just got to be mindful of that. But yeah, it's I think it's common. 
Well, I think also I did, I mean, I knew about the salt because my sister had gone carnivore four before me. So oh, okay. I knew about the salt, but I don't think I took it seriously enough. I mean, yeah. and so I really had to ramp up my salt uh, in order to, because I would get, it's funny because it's the same symptom I would get with when I first got Hashimoto's, it was that this elbow pain is like, I can't bend my elbow. Okay. And I get the same thing when I don't have enough salt. And so I'd get that That's and I'm like, dark. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. then I just start dumping in my mouth. Um, I can't drink salt water. It's so gross to me. Oh, I can, but, but I can put the salt right on my tongue. Your tongue. Yeah. They say that if you put it under your tongue, that it doesn't have to go through the whole digestive. It like goes straight into your blood. I'm not really sure all the scientific details, but if you put it under your tongue, it won't really feel as salty and then it'll just be absorbed. You could do that. Too. I mean, I've heard that and I just, I just like the taste of it. So I have tried, but I like miss, you know, like it's hard to get that, you know. I know it, is. it is. It is. Um, all right. So, I mean, I know you started doing a lot of fasting. What did you just kind of fall into that naturally or was it, did you, do you try to do that or what? Yeah, so I did fall into it naturally. So um, because I came from a place of a lot of under eating and also a lot of overeating, counting calories and all that, um, I, um, I, even on keto, I was very anti-fasting um, uh, just for my own personal history. And so, you know, I hear about it, but I just um, stayed away from it a good six months. And then I tried like, you know, like 12, 12, 16, 8. Um, and what I noticed is it helped with my night snacking. So I think a lot of people, you know, were making all these decisions all through the day. And we're like, by the end of the night, the reason why a lot of people end up overeating or binging at night is because by the end of the night, our willpower is gone. Our motivation is gone. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's when like damage would be done. And I said, hey, if I just close my eating window and I don't eat anymore at night, I can't do any of that stuff. And it's back to that abstainer personality. Um, and so that's part of the reason I started. And then it started working. Um, I stopped feeling hungry. And then, yeah. And then on carnivore, it just really like, because I was just fed very, very nutrient dense foods, um, I don't get hungry that often. And so it just, yeah, I just sort of fell into it. But you definitely, I mean, I'm sure you would say if, if fasting is like really brings up a lot of emotion or something like yeah. that you shouldn't do it. If you, I've fully if you're, if, like you're, like I saw the other day, you, you stopped eating earlier because you said you didn't sleep. And so it's like, well, you know, that day you were listening to your body, not just trying to make yourself keep going, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, I, I think most veteran carnivores are super anti-fasting, actually. They're, they believe it's, uh, you know, feast when you're hungry, and then when you're not feast, um, when you're not eating, it's just you're not eating. It's not, a, it's not about fasting. So, you know, it always comes back to listen to your body, trust your body, um, and if you feel a little weak, um, you know, don't force anything, don't force fasting, uh, by eating a carnivore diet, you're already eating very clean. You don't need to force fasting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you almost, I mean, I feel like the first month or, or two, cause I've been, I'm in five months now. Right. And, um, I feel like the first month 
it was more like just feast all the time because yeah, yeah me too because it's such a big change and uh, it really is all you can eat so i mean the, there's some li limited choices right compared to what you're you used to eat so um and and i was just like i definitely did not want to be hungry or anything um but then now it's it's starting to be uh to where i want to and this has just started like i started doing 16 8 okay uh and that started to feel okay with me because i have a big history of starving myself and that kind of thing so i definitely don't want um and we have a question here what would be a manageable if number and i'd say 16 8 uh, for, for somebody who maybe doesn't want to do it. And you don't have to do it because, I mean, the thing with keto and carnivore, you're getting all those benefits. Um, exactly. You're getting all, you know, the you're stopping your, your the ages thing. What's that? Uh, autophagy. Yeah, well, autophagy, but um, there's this other thing called, it's like the glycation. You know, you're not yeah, getting I, that from I, the sugar. I, I, I mean, there's just so many benefits already that you don't really have to do any extra, you know, it's not like extra credit or something. <laughs> and I think that sometimes people are just, well, if a little bit's good, like more is better. And I, I mean, I don't want them to get into that. Um, and just because you see other people doing it, like that doesn't mean it's right for you. Like, yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I think with women, we're very competitive too. And we think, oh, well, if she can go for 21 hours, I can eat for... I can go for 24 hours or, you know, stuff like that. It, and it goes, takes you back to that crazy, crazy town thinking, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I think one reason that a lot of people can't, don't stay on carnivore is they under eat. So, I mean, I uh, just being fully candid, like sometimes I post my thing and I'm like, wow, people eat significantly less than me. Um, like I think I average about one and a half to two pounds a day of meat. And I look at other people's and I'm like, I don't count calories at all now. And um, I, I'm just like, I think I eat so much more than other people. But I mean, on the carnivore diet, like you said, you do need to eat a lot of food. Um, because if you're not satiated, if you're not nourishing your body, your body will then crave other things. And then you'll think, oh, this is, you know, this diet's not for me. But you need yeah. to make sure and nourish your body and eat a lot. And not that was the thing for me, it was like, if I started, and the biggest thing is like, if you start, craving something i would just i would i would think, well, this means i need to eat i just need to be fuller or you know because yeah. it's no. like if you're thinking about chocolate or um i mean i just peanut butter and chocolate is like my favorite thing so if i'm <laughs> thinking about that then i know that i just need to eat another uh, hamburger patty or something or a couple eggs or something like that because i just or um, sometimes i would even if i eat liver okay yeah like super full like really fast yeah <laughs> it's like it's so has so much stuff in it so many um vitamins and stuff so um and then what do you think about like the difference between like the car the sean baker you know i mean it doesn't seem like and maybe he does and he just doesn't say it but it's he doesn't eat a lot of other foods besides i mean i know he does eat fish, salmon Sometimes, you know, you see eggs more often and then, and then, but the, just the ribeye, just the ribeye over and over and over. It's just, I mean, do you think that there's things that we need to add in? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I did hear a podcast of his recently where he said, um, yeah, he was um, tinkering a little bit with adding salmon. And I think he said that uh, prior to carnivore, he was eating like a dozen eggs on keto. Um, and he doesn't eat too many eggs. He doesn't eat too much dairy either. It's like seriously just ribeyes. Um, and I think there was another cut of meat I forget now. But, um, you know, I, I think that works for him. But um, personally, for me, I think a variety within the animal kingdom is important. Um, you know, liver and uh, fish eggs like salmon roe, they have a lot more nutrient density, including vitamin C, vitamin A, um, like sardines have a bunch of calcium. So yeah, I think, you know, if you want to cover all your bases kind of thing, it's good to like, get all the macronutrients and micronutrients in all the different meats. Um, and so for me personally, I, um, I, I try to eat uh, like all um, go out of my way to make sure and eat, get some salmon or get some sardines in my diet or try to eat some chicken liver, although I don't really like it, but, you know, or get some salmon roe to um, get that whole nutrient density and not just stick with steak. Yeah, I, I don't know. For some reason, I like liver. Everyone says I hate it, uh, but I think I, I used to eat it with my dad when I was a kid. Oh, okay. we would, so we would eat it from like KFC. They used to have it at KFC. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so I, of course, it's not fried and battered, you know, but yeah. I do still like it for some reason. I never got that grossed out taste like most people do you, have. Do you only eat chicken liver, or do you also eat beef liver and all the? I can eat beef liver um, if it's like grilled outside. Uh -oh. you know, I, kind of, I can because if you marinate it, like my husband is from another country, so he has a lot of. He, he's used to eating gross stuff, you know, from um, that we don't eat. You know, a lot of people didn't grow up eating here, and uh, so he taught me how to marinate it just in some vinegar and stuff, and then it kind of kills that, and um, then you can grill it, and it's really tasty like that. Um, so I've had people say they couldn't eat it and then they could eat it like that. So, um, okay. Yeah, something really good, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of a fan of Frank Defano and he's like a big, Oh yeah. <laughs> big nutrition nerd. He's all about raw foods and I mean, raw meats. I mean, I, I I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. How about you? Uh, no, but you know, I, no, I'm not, I can't, you know, <laughs> but, um, but I have noticed that cause I used to be like, it has to be medium or, I didn't want it too rare, but now I've noticed I can eat it more rare than I used to. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so that's interesting that it changed like that. Uh, all right. So do you now? Some people have an idea about cheating, like or what? I don't like that word, but um, the, the like adding in foods that are non-carnivore. Do you do that or? Um, so no, I, I think for me, it's, um, I've worked best with, um, so when I first started, like I'd have a little bit of dark chocolate or maybe have nuts on the side, but again, it went back to that. Um, the, sometimes the nuts became like, you know, multiple servings. Um, what's really worked best for me right now is just strictly eating like meat, salt and water. But, um, I do have a little bit of MCT oil. Um, and it's, I mean, MCTs are basically, you know, um, shorter chain fatty acids than um, coconut oil. And so your body doesn't have to digest it. It goes straight to your liver. Um, so for people with gall, uh, without gallbladders, it's perfect for them. But it gives me a little bit of kick in my coffee in the morning with energy. Um, but other than that, no, I don't, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's nothing else. I think I use a little bit of MCT oil. I don't even cook with coconut oil. 
Um, I use my tallow from my bone broth, so it's like extra nutrient dense. And I use sometimes like bacon fat, but um, I don't eat or I don't eat other than that. And then, um, so what is your thoughts on dairy then? So I tried Whole30 carnivore, so it's even like more restrictive, like in the beginning of the year. So basically Whole30 doesn't let you kind of have uh, dairy. Um, and so I, I tried that. I thought you made that up. Oh yeah, no, I totally made it up. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so there is no Whole30 carnivore, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically I just stopped dairy and I basically um, didn't eat any meats that were processed that, you know, had any of those additives or like I didn't have any meat that, even if it's like, sugar. yeah, that had sugar. Um, and I don't know if there was a huge difference, but I actually liked it. Like I felt even less bloat and I don't know if it was the additives or the sugar or, you know, or the dairy, but I just stopped eating dairy for the most part. I'll have a little bit of grass fed butter. Um, a lot of people actually can't handle dairy. So if you feel the stomach ache, the tummy aches, the bloat, then dairy isn't good. Um, everyone gets extra mucus in their body from dairy and, you know, a lot of our dairy is very processed. So obviously stick to raw, um, raw cheeses and hard cheeses. There's less lactose, less sugar in it. But for me personally, uh, right now I'm not eating dairy. Um, but if it works for people, go ahead. Um, I know a lot of people that transition to carnivore, they eat a lot of dairy. Um, that's probably not the best. That's probably why people get constipation is because they're eating too much dairy. And so... Well, um... I noticed like at first I was really strict and I didn't eat, I feel always eat uh, like Kerrygold butter, but, oh, yeah, yeah. but I didn't eat any, um, cheese at all. Like the first month or two. Oh, okay. And then like, oh, and that, cause I started out in October of 2018 and then, oh, then it came Christmas. And then I started like eating a little more cheese, a little more cheese because it was yeah. just really difficult with all these family things. Yeah. And, and so, and then, and I only ate like one or two keto desserts over Christmas. Like I had like a cheesecake with, and then, you know, but like one serving and, sure. but I just kept feeling like I was getting more and more bloated and stuff. And then, and then what happens to me is one slice of cheese will turn into, okay, I'm just eating cheese for this meal, you know, and then I'll eat like a bag. My favorite thing is the mozzarella sticks. Like, oh yeah. So I just like eat a bag of mozzarella sticks. Like, okay, this is not this is not good. So so then I went back. I went on a vacation in February, like the whole month. I mean, sure. I was away from home, and so and I got still like it kind of continued from Christmas, and then I was like, okay. I mean, I didn't cheat otherwise, but I just had the cheese, and right. and I was just like, okay, this is not. So since I've been back home, I've been like no cheese, and I feel like so much better. So. Um, and I, and I even made ghee so that I don't have to have so much butter. Um, I know like if I'm, I'm always going to have butter, if I go to a steakhouse or something, I love to eat out. I mean, um, so if I go to a steakhouse, I'm going to have hollandaise, I'm going to have butter. Yes. So if I just have it at home, if I don't have it at home, you know, as much that will help. So, um, but I think, you know, you gotta be real. Like, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if I go out, I, I mean, I know that. They, it might, um, my steak might be cooked in bad oils. I know that there might be butter. And I mean, you know, you got to bend a little bit. You can, it's not perfect. I mean, yes, it's easier to eat at home for me now. But I mean, you know, I'll still go to In-N-Out and just 
order like a bunch of patties, um, you know, but because I mean, yeah, like I don't live in a box. I can't like just isolate myself, right? So do they charge you? We don't have that here, but do they charge okay. you like a different, I mean, I used to live in California, but um, for just the, the yeah. patties, is it like three bucks or? No, so um, it's, it depends on how you order it. Um, and this is even the same at, um, at Chipotle. So like it's based, it's like an a la carte menu. Um, and so I think it's 90 cents, something like that for one patty. Oh, that's but there are other restaurants. They, um, the price is very, um, it's like slightly less, but in and out's a great deal for if you're just ordering the patties. One time at, at Chipotle, I got just like a little tiny bowl of the barbacoa. Uh -huh. It was like three bucks and it yeah, was, yeah. Um, it was like enough for um and also what you gotta remember sometimes like if i'm with people i'll just eat enough to where i can get home and then i'll eat more I later eat a full you know? meal. i do the that same. like the other day i went to fleming's with my dad and the steak was 34 dollars, and it was like this big oh, no. and i was like this is because i didn't get this the potatoes i didn't get the salad it's like such a ripoff, you know, and then I know. at home, I was like, I ate like a pound of ground beef because I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't, I'm starving, you know? Yeah, I do. I, I, we went to the Fleming's happy hour and then they have like a burger. Um, and so I asked them, you know, just for the burger and then um, the bacon was super sweet. So I didn't have it. And then yeah, same thing. I was so hungry that I basically had second dinner after. Yeah. Um, somebody's asking, do we get coffee or tea? Do you drink coffee or tea? You said you drink um, coffee with MCT oil. Yeah. So I, I drink coffee. Um, I drink tea. Um, I don't drink tea too much, but I just try to limit my coffee to one a day. And then the rest I'll try to drink water because, um, I mean, in school, I learned that hydration is super, super important. And so, um, you know, you don't want to drink too many diuretics um, that would affect um, your water intake and just your overall health. Yeah. I had such bad adrenal um, problems after my Hashimoto's. I think, you know, it was all connected and I just stopped drinking coffee and then, and that's been nine years ago. So oh, wow. I still drink decaf. I try, okay. I try to buy like really fancy decaf that's doesn't have a bunch of junk in it, but I mean, I enjoy it, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure, it, but it's like, it's no big deal if I don't have it because I'm not addicted to it. So yeah, <laughs> let's see. If um, there's a, um, sure. Um, go ahead. Um, while you're looking for questions, um, Amber O'Hearn, she's like been carnivore for 10 years. So she tried to do an experiment of, okay, the only thing she's eating that's plant kingdom is still coffee. And so she tried periods of not having coffee and, um, there was like no difference in her, um, overall feelings. So now she's back to drinking coffee. And so that's kind of like my justification of, okay, I could get coffee and it's cool. So I really think if you need it, you need it. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, I feel like because it's not, you're not eating a plant, really. You're just yeah. like, it's like the, the essence of a plant, kind of. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see if there's some. And we can also go over some of the questions, too, if you want. Um, the ones that uh, you had sent over. I don't know if we answered everything, but. Yeah, there's. I think there's there's all the so what about seasonings what do you think about seasonings sure um so uh I 
primarily only use Himalayan pink salt. Um, you know, there's a lot of minerals in it, um, especially our uh, four electrolytes like the sodium, magnesium, potassium. Um, I personally don't season, but I mean, you guys are welcome to if you like. Um, I know in school that I learned, um, like for example, oregano is super important. Um, it has a lot of healing powers, like it's rich in antioxidants, it fights bacteria, could reduce viral infections and it could possibly reduce inflammation. So if your body can handle it, if you don't feel bloat, you don't have stomach aches, then season all you want. I don't think people, I don't think there's a hard fast rule for those things. Um, if, I mean, I think, I think if you haven't done, I mean, I've done AIP before. And so I think if you have an autoimmune disease, you really need to yeah. know if you're allergic or sensitive to nightshades or, um, sure. you know, which is tomatoes, eggplants, peppers, and, you know, if you have arthritis or something like that, a lot of those people uh, react to those. And I have eliminated those in the past and nothing happened. So, um, but some people, they cause them a lot of acne or joint pain or something like that. So I think everyone should figure that out before they, because, um, and, and this is a great time to, to try that out because you don't yeah. have to have a lot of seasonings. And I found that at first I really wanted more seasonings and now I'm not caring about it as much. Yeah. So, um, if, and I used to eat more, like one of my husband's favorite things, chicken wings. So we'd make chicken wings and then, you know, have to have the paprika and all the stuff on them. And then, um, but I'm finding like a less, less wanting the chicken wings <laughs> as much as I used to. Um, but I mean, I'm still gonna eat them if, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying. But, and why do you think it is that you always crave meat more than, like I don't crave fish or like yeah, if I'm no hungry, I just want red meat. And I wish I, like last night I ate salmon and scallops cause my husband was here and we were trying to like act like we were making like a date night, but after that, I ate a steak. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, I, I, saw like, your, I saw the scallops on your uh, live, and I'll be like, oh, that looks delicious. Um, it was, I mean, really good and stuff, but I was just like, it's so light that I felt like I needed something else, especially if I was going to fast until um, for a while. Like, if I was going to wake up at 6 and eat again, then I might nice. not have, but if I knew I was going to wait, you know, till like 10 to eat, I was like, okay, well, I need something else. Um yeah, I don't know why. Why is that that we don't crave seafood or something? <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I think it is a trend that most people that over time, you know, maybe they ate a lot of chicken or pork, and then they end up just kind of going towards red meat. Um, you know, I'm not 100% certain about the science behind it. But, you know, there is a lot of nutrient density and meat. Um, I think it's a perfect ratio of like protein and fat. And so that may be the reason but I'm the same I crave you know, we used to make spare ribs and chicken wings and all that, but I really just want beef in the end. Like, there's just something about it. It's just so delicious, and it's very n nourishing, too. Uh, I know. I mean, it's weird. So, I mean, I was like that before, anyway. I mean, I love red meat more than anything else. Okay. Or, or lamb. I mean, I like lamb, too. Uh, so what do you think about people always say you're going to get constipation from, I mean, you said a little bit about this, but sure. they think that, I think that comes from like the vegan thing, like meat rot. The pure fiber. Yeah. And that you're just going to sit there and it's just like festering or something like that. 
Yeah, so um, I think a lot of people may get constipation in the beginning, and it's probably because they're eating too much dairy. Um, I, I think a lot of people, and I did this myself, so I like literally eat a whole eight ounce block of cheese um, in one sitting because I wanted, I really wanted sugar, I really wanted a, you know, a fat bomb or something, but, um, and I ended up just eating all that cheese. But I think there's something in cheese that makes people really constipated. Um, so definitely like make sure and drink a lot of water um, with um, and um, any added electrolytes and then um, maybe lay off the um, cheese. But um, in terms of fiber or the fear of constipation, like it doesn't happen. I mean, I've been doing carnivore for nine months now and I would be in a lot of trouble. Um, Osley Stanley, the uh, sound engineer for Grateful Dead, he was a carnivore for 40 years and he was super healthy. So, I mean, like he would be in a lot, you know, so it's only, just the only healthy person in the Grateful Dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just, I mean, it makes no sense, like, when our only food source for millions of years would have been or, you know, or, you know, 99% of it would have been meat that right. it would cause constipation. And I mean, I don't think people used, people didn't have IBS and all this stuff that, that we have now. I mean, or it was very, very rare if they did have, you know, something like that. I mean, I feel like a lot of that's due to like modern stress and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, agree. And I think it's like the belief that we need to have so much fiber in our diet. But I mean, there's so many different kinds of fibers. There's like insoluble, soluble. There's uh, like, I forget all the other ones. But I mean, you don't need fiber to um, have bowel movements. It's um, actually just creates bloat in your system. And yeah, you don't I, need it. I think there is a period of change, like when you, you will have a change in your gut bacteria. And I actually yeah. did a stool test one oh. month after it was at least one month it may have been a little more um and it just it was a coincidence like i already had it scheduled oh, that's but cool. i had like she told me like when she took it opened it she was like i mean the the results she was like i have a holistic like a nurse practitioner here and okay. she was like you have one of the most diverse microbiomes i've ever <laughs> seen and i thought she was gonna say something like Oh you know, <laughs> and um there was only one bad thing that was like a little high but that i mean awesome. i think over time i mean it was one bad strain um mm. or something like that but i mean i didn't have any other problems at all and she was like really impressed I could, and i was shocked too because <laughs> i'd only been eating meat and stuff so. yeah and I mean, what, what, you know, how do you think that this whole, this is one, not one I had on there, but um, like the whole thing with you know, people believe so like to the death about calories in, calories out. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm eating just as many calories, if not more than when I was on uh, keto and, um, and I mean, I've lost 15 pounds since I started this and why why would we lose weight if we're not reducing our calories? <laughs> so I, I don't think the calories in, I mean, like I'm not a big model um, believer in that. Um, I think our bodies, um, so we kind of have like set points where our bodies will function at that point, right? So if you're only consuming 1200 calories, your body will function at a 1200 calorie um, 
I guess, metabolic state. And then um, it'll sh kind of shut off areas that they don't feel is important, right? Or like, not your body will shut off points where um, it's not for survival. So for example, um, you may start feeling cold more often, or you, um, you know, th those certain things, because that's not for your survival, if they had to pick and choose the priority in your body. Um, so I think when you're eating meat, when you eat a lot of nutrient density uh, meats, and you're not eating um, a lot of like waste products, uh, I think maybe you increase your metabolic rate. Um, and then I think it, but I think it really comes down to if you listen to your body and eat when it's hungry and then stop when it's full, your body will find a natural like weight balance. I think most people get very obese when their bodies are sick. Um, I don't think it's necessarily because the cal they're over consuming a certain amount of calories. I think it's, uh, you know, obesity comes with sickness. Um, and I think if you are nourishing your bodies, it's not about um, necessarily about calories. I mean, I, those are great, great points. But and then also, I think it's like, you're removing, you know, there's the whole thing with you're removing the inflammatory foods, and yeah. you're, you're letting go of a lot of um, fluid, maybe that you are storing up as kind of a protective mechanism against all these foods that you are eating, and you're having some gut healing going on and that kind of stuff. So um, I mean, that must be what it is because I still eat a lot and, <laughs> um, yeah, your body is 60. So, um, I mean, you make a good point, like your body's like 60% water. And so if you're eating less carbs, then your body will release, I mean, your kidneys will release a lot more water. And, uh, what about, what about people doing, oh, we had a question up here too, as about the gallbladder. You were going to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, uh, um, your body, even though you have your gallbladder, gallbladder removed, um, you may not be able to store bile as much, but you still produce bile. So um, I think it may be a little bit more of a slower transition period than maybe people that do have gallbladders. Um, anecdotally, my dad, um, he got his gallbladder removed. He's been doing keto carnivore now for about six months. Um, and you know, in the beginning, uh, we helped support his dietary change by adding bile salts. Um, so it's really to just help give him extra bile. And then instead of having like ribeyes in the beginning, he was having more like New York steak or ground beef that was a little bit leaner so that his body can get acclimated to the fat intake. And now six months in, he can have any type of steak. He's not eating bile salts and he's fine. I mean, I think it may be a it's just a slower transition, but you can absolutely do this diet on a, um, without your gallbladder. You mean, I mean, and I've heard the same thing about keto, uh, but what about, so you mean like ox bile enzymes or something like that? Yeah. 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 So it's basically desiccated um, bile um, into like pill forms and it just gives you extra bile to break down fat in your body. Okay. Um, and then what do you think about the, the long-term safety and, you know, we're going to die of scurvy and that kind of thing? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I say try it, get your blood work done. And then um, I think blood work is important in terms of um, just getting, you know, snapshots in time. So maybe do it right before you start carnivore and then a few months into carnivore and then a few months, you know, continued onto carnivore and then see how, 
the blood work shows, but also like just go by how you feel. Um, I mean, there's so many carnivores that have been doing it for 10, 20 years, and even the guy from Grateful Dead. I, I don't think it's a, a diet that people are sick. And additionally, there are many tribes from before that um, only ate beef and they thrived as um, societies, like the Inuit. I mean, people always talk about them, but you know, yeah, yeah there are. Uh, what's that guy, the Stephenson? He went uh, George Stephenson or something, I forget. But yeah, he wrote a something lot Something Swedish-y sounding and he was up there and then he, as soon as he came back, like he got sick because yeah. he, <laughs> he was eating crap again or whatever, no. Um, but or he started eating lean meat and he got sick in like yeah. two days or something. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think the, the, the blood work is important. I have actually haven't done that, but I've done my blood work before, like when I was on keto and stuff. And I mean, at one point I had really high cholesterol, but that was when my thyroid was like kind of out of control. And then as okay. soon as um, I did it, I did it later when I got like on a better medication or something. And then my, my cholesterol was fine, which I don't even worry about cholesterol, but just to give people an idea, it's usually a signal of something else is wrong in your body. It's not, um, your, 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 your cholesterol really doesn't come from food. It's more of a signal that you have inflammation somewhere and it's, you know, up to you that you want to figure out where that is. Um, and I'm going to do, I want to do it again, just, just to see um, but sometimes I think people do it maybe too soon and then they see something yeah. and they freak out and then, uh, they, but I don't think I eat any more fat than I used to. I eat, always eat tons of fat. So I don't think that's like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend that did carnivore for like two weeks and then got their blood work. Cholesterol went up a little bit, but they also had non-keto foods like during the, um, during the holiday, I mean the winter break. And it's just like. Come on, it's not because you're carnivore that now all of a sudden your cholesterol is high, you know. It's yeah, I mean, you have to use like a little bit of, and I think people give up too soon. I mean, I think the electrolyte issue is just really big and people aren't taking that into account. Then they're just really, they're shooting themselves in the foot because they're going to give up yeah. way too soon. And I found that I had to drink a lot of bone broth um, yeah. because that was kind of a soother for me when I was starting out and, and it was a way for me to get a lot of salt in my body. So, I mean, I think, yeah. go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say bone broth has a lot of um, electrolytes. Like there's just a lot of minerals in it. And so that's why it's, it is very good. Um, it's in terms of nutrient density and it's really good in terms of electrolytes. And I feel like with what, I mean, Weston A. Price always talks about that the bone broth helps to break down the muscle meat and that kind of stuff. Like it synthesizes it or something with the glycine. And so I think that that is, um, it always feels very soothing to me. So I think that's um, why I like it. Yeah. Uh, what about alcohol? <clears throat> uh, so, I mean, as I mentioned, um, because I'm nursing my almost three-year-old now, um, I don't drink alcohol right now, but um, the, um, so if it's like a histamine or a sulfite thing, um, there are uh, filters that you could use for wine that can remove those. But um, in general, I think carnivores that I know that um, drink alcohol, they'll drink like dry wines or they'll drink like hard alcohol without sugar, like vodka. Um, so 
but you just need to be wary that um, your body will synthesize alcohol first. And so your, your tolerance level, once you're on a like low carb or carnivore diet, um, you may get drunk a lot faster than you're used to. So I, I'd say go for it if you can handle it. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely think if you're wanting to lose weight or something like that, then definitely keep it. <clears throat> I'd say no alcohol for the first month, at least. Yeah, and then, agree. And then um, maybe after that, everyone, you know, on a special occasion or every once in a while. But I mean, uh, drinking wine every night is not going to, I mean, I used to see that with my personal training clients and we live like near Napa. So they never yeah. lost weight if they were drinking wine every night. So yeah, and, and drinking wine every night will affect your adrenals, um, which affects your hormones. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I know that they always say oh, one, you know, one glass of wine a day is not bad for you. But I mean, it's not super beneficial either, though. Yeah, I mean, I've had women tell me that they cut the one glass at night, and they slept so much better. And um, I heard that too. That it's worth definitely if you're, it's worth trying. So um, well, hopefully I can save this. Is there anything, any like words of encouragement or wisdom you want to share before we go? Um, you know, I just think you you guys got to just try it. Um, it it was a life changer for me. I <laughs> feel like I have my life back. And, you know, um, like, I really think that um, I know a lot of people think it's like an extreme diet, but it really has like, I think if you think of plants and if you think about me, um, everything breaks down to macro and micronutrients in your body. And as long as you're getting your macro and micronutrients, um, meat is a lot more bioavailable. Your body will absorb it a lot faster and a lot better than vegetables. It doesn't have anti-nutrients and it doesn't have, you know, all these negative things that plants have. And if you don't feel good right now, then try it and see like how much better you can possibly feel i don't think we should thanks for listening to the nutrition with judy podcast if you liked what you heard today please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show if you want more practitioner care and support head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore the environment and root cause healing you can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.